gentle listeners. So, <laughs> I suck at starting. <laughs> you start like this. Hey, Snard. <laughs> yes, Jen. So I have ADD. Really? Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Do you think it's genetic? um, It might be. And what I've noticed um, is that uh, I can only concentrate on something if my brain is occupied by other things. (laughs) So (laughs) So, uh, I started listening to Audible uh, Mm -hmm. stuff a few years ago, and uh, I kind of have it on uh, while I'm working and stuff, and... and, um, so uh, I actually listen to like 50 books a year now, uh, where I, before I had no time for reading. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I, I'm going to say I, I dig the Audible very, yes, very much. Yes, so do I. I. I like to listen to it when I drive because I typically have a fairly interesting commute depending mm. on where I am. And, um, and you know, music is fun and all, but sometimes I want to listen to something else. And when I run out of podcasts, then I listen to an audiobook. It's and pretty cool. kind of the best ever. <laughs> yes. So yeah. <laughs> and... You too, gentle listeners, could get in on this if you want to. Um, we're able to help you out with getting a free audiobook if you've never signed up for Audible before, um, as well as a free month. You can cancel any time. It's no obligation. Just go to audibletrial.com slash DCP for Diogenes Club podcast, and uh, you can sign up today or really whenever you feel like it. Yep, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> we just love it. But you are kind of missing out because you get some great performances on these great books. Yeah, you really do. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So again, that is audibletrial.com slash DCP. And now back to the show. <laughs> Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we'll be discussing Buffy, Season 2, Episode 13, Surprise! Surprise! We're in... Oh, shit! It's Buffy's birthday! (laughs) This is never good. As always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Or Michelle. And uh, Snard, before we get started, (laughs) I thought you would like to report to the gentle listeners uh, what happened when you were editing our Halloween episode. My most recent podcast that I was editing is uh, is Halloween, which will be up, you know, several weeks ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so Jen had this lovely little bit where she summoned Janus with Latin. Summoned him out of the ether, indeed. Out of the ether, yes. And after that, I started getting a lot of little anomalies, little boops and bloops and zaps. And uh, and like the audio was, and normally I I use this program called Twisted Wave, and it's just the easiest thing on the planet. Uh, And yep, not so much then. (laughs) That'll happen when you accidentally summon the god of chaos during your podcast because you've used Latin. And wow, did we. Wow. (laughs) Don't fuck with Latin. (laughs) No, don't. (laughs) Just like, just like, uh, don't, don't quote the Squattish, the Squattish? Don't quote the Squattish boy. (laughs) Don't quote the Scottish play. (laughs) Yes, the Scottish play. The Scottish play. Which, since Snard was in the theater, we know not to say what it is. Yes. If you don't know, look it up, yo. (laughs) Do we have anything uh, we want to discuss before we get into this episode? Uh, No, probably not. Well, I mean, should we discuss the the controversy we had over the stuff, the water? Yeah, let's. Okay, let's. So... (laughs) There's a lot of water in this it's episode. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of water. <laughs> like so much. We've even heard on other podcasts and I've read in other blogs where they're like, why? Right. Why because, with the there's, water? There's the Buffy Falls and the, the water. 
Uh, and then there's the rain. Yes. And then there's more rain. And yeah. at the end of the next episode, there are sprinklers. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, just, and this show is so, so much, much with the metaphor. Water. We're like, what the fuck is with this water? Yeah. And we had to reach for it and rewatch the episode. And we and we couldn't and find a consistent uh, metaphor at all because each time the water turns up, something different, totally different happens. Yeah. So we well, went and there's theory, different consequences. It's not like we're having rampant, like, you know, wardrobe changes happening or right. anything it's, like that. Right. It's not, I mean, it's not a, it's not a change kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not a, a lot of times you'll see it in this show to, to symbolize sort of a resurrection kind of a thing. And we saw that with Buffy in the Pond. We, we see that in this episode with Angelus uh, showing mm-hmm. up. Uh, and uh, we see it with, you know, later on with, with Faith coming out of her grave. Uh, so, Usually that's what it means. It usually means um, a rebirth of some kind, a, a huge change. And we see it twice with Faith, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Faith, Faith is all about the rain. Uh, <laughs> she wants to know <laughs> yeah. if you've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> uh, sort of a here comes the rain again kind of thing yeah. with Faith. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. Purple. Perhaps. Right. <laughs> purple rain dancing in the purple rain <laughs> and uh so but we couldn't find a consistent one in this one it seems to mean something completely different every time yeah uh, and so, it's only our two main characters yeah so we were thinking was it the stupid rain <laughs> you've seen <laughs> from impromptu right stupid rain up to their waist and uh, <laughs> have stupid soon they'll be completely stupid yeah. we had no idea what was going on which or, does actually hold up because they're doing right. stupid shit <laughs> are, it, yeah, yeah is it the rain of clouded judgment which we'll talk yes. about a lot um, um is so, it the rain of dampening which was my boyfriend Alex's. Which is a great theory. theory. It that just was doesn't. A good theory. But everything we came up with would work for two of these things, but not the third. Mm-hmm. And it would be a, or it'd work for one and not three. So yeah, I was going with dreams because jumping into the ocean can often often signalize signalize symbolize <laughs> a dream. Right. Um. Yeah. And we even pulled up like TV tropes. <laughs> right. Like, what find, is, like... And there's. I mean, and, and they use they use some of those those the water on TV tropes, but they, again they use it a different way every damn time on this mm-hmm. thing. Um, and we don't get the typical, well, it would be fine as long as it doesn't rain yeah, or, so, you know, what else could happen or, so, you know. So our, our reaching, very, very reachy, reachy, reachy kind of theory here that we're kind of playing with is what if it's just a signal that we should be looking at this episode in a different way from perhaps a different perspective mm-hmm. um so okay and we apologize <laughs> we usually try to come with, to you with some evidence for these things that we've come up with yes but we're thinking okay what if we're supposed to look for angelus trying to influence what's happening well and i think it works because we have more dreams in this episode than we do pretty much any other one and that kind of sets up a, ba- a battle between because buffy's dreams are slayer dreams mm-hmm uh, which, as we know uh, from later on, come from the powers that be, or we suspect they do, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I think it's the same source as Doyle's visions, right? Right. Which know. is the powers that be yeah, for and sure. Since she's part demon, she can handle them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and it's and these and slayers are used as a force for good, mm-hmm. so it would come from the powers. It would not come from any of these other evil things that are around. Um, so it sort of sets up a battle between the powers trying to tell Buffy this is bad and you need to listen to us and try to stop this. And, and jealous perhaps trying to manipulate angel in subtle ways so he can get out. Yeah. So we have a, perhaps like an angel and a demon right. sort of metaphor because we've played a lot with those Christian tropes already. And we kind of see that in the costuming at a, at a couple of points where there's a white <laughs> yeah. and black kind of a thing oh, going on. Yeah. And we even have the, the white and the red yes. going yes. on as well. Um, so we get very, very symbolic uh, with a lot of stuff. Another 
theory I had was that this is a angel centric episode where it's all slightly bent from. It's kind of like the Zeppo, right? The Zeppo is all from Xander. It's a it's it's a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of a a, a look at it. It's a deconstructed. Um, yeah, where the main action is the B plot and the you know, secondary yeah. is the A plot. And, and my um, justification with that was just that Angel is more incorporated into the Scoobies right. and the story than he is in any other episode. Well, and then we started thinking, wait, what if it's not Angel telling the story to us? What if it's Angelus telling the story to us? Yes. And that seemed actually to make a decent amount of sense because really throughout does. the whole episode, Angel is trying to damsel Buffy. Yeah, he's very Making a liar of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Angelus totally would. He would. He would try yeah. to convince her that she's weak, which he does when he, when he comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, he tries to convince her that he's weak. So, yeah, what if Angelus, through whatever kind of freaky powers and stuff um, mm-hmm. that are given to you when you're a disembodied evil vampire living in a good vampire's body, um, was able to pick <laughs> up on maybe this is the time. Because Drew is able to pick up on maybe this is yeah, the time. Drew is picking up on it. Buffy's picking up on it. Uh, um, yeah, different parts of know, Buffy, the, the powers that be, and Buffy Uncle, Slayer dreams uh, are picking up on it. Enyos. Un- yes, Uncle Enyos of the Calderash clan is picking yep. up on it. And the, and, the older, and the older woman. Oh, yeah. yeah so, so it's in the air. It is. It's definitely, you know, so, the and, and Jealous, being cast have portents. Yes. So to speak. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so Angelus could have picked up on uh, this feeling that I think if I push, mm-hmm. I think if I push, I can get out. Yeah. Well, and which actually leads me to wondering about the nature of this whole uh, perfect happiness business. Because it's not consistent later on. It is not consistent. And one would at think that it would be. All. Yeah. Yes. It seems more just that Angelus is under the surface waiting to get out at all times. Yes. Uh, through whatever method is possible. Absolutely. Um, very similar to, say, Ripper. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or anybody's evil side i suppose on the show yeah it's true. <laughs> i mean especially when you don't have a shadow self to hold that energy right. for you when you don't you know like buffy we keep giving your shadow self so she never has to go to the dark place well and and right now the only shadow self we've had for angel is spike and spike's pretty much out of the action so he's not oh strong enough to support God. that no, either that's a really good point uh. so his his shadow self where he can dump the evil is gone his and his shadow self is like all for it yeah. <laughs> he's like hell yeah let's go and we've actually seen <laughs> Angel coming into his own in a different way. He's becoming more of a whole person mm-hmm. uh, in the last few episodes, starting with Lie to Me yes. about there, where he's actually, he's going off with the Scoobies alone. He's doing things alone. He's right. going to people on his own. And he we're is seeing acting. Him. He is. He's acting. Yeah, instead of just showing up for two seconds in an episode and then, you know, skittering off to do whatever he's going to do, to oh, read yeah. books and brood. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some costuming clues. I'll get into this whole thing in next episode. So, you know, make yourself some coffee. Um, <laughs> it'll be a minute. Um but yeah, like he, we actually have some clues with his costuming as well. Yeah. That he's graduated from a certain way of thinking about himself after Lie to Me mm-hmm. um, and into this episode and going on beyond this. So there's something about Angel that's changing. And it actually, in Lie to Me also, that's where uh, Spike showed his weaknesses. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. When he, he showed that Drew was his weakness, mm-hmm. which we've known since he handed Drew his leather coat. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you we know, know because they're the shadow couple for, for Buffy and Angel and they, mm-hmm. and Buffy and Angel make each other weak. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. true. So, so that's exactly yeah. how that's going on. And there's been a power exchange over there. And yes. Yeah. And we would expect the same kind of thing. Very true. Yeah. So yeah, so, that's now, now that we're talking about it, I feel like we're pretty smart. <laughs> we've talked ourselves into it. Bye, well, George. <laughs> so we present this to you, gentle listeners. It, make yeah. it about what you will. It's it's an entertaining theory. Mm-hmm. We dig it. It's the only thing that makes yeah. any kind of, like it that. Actually, it's not a metaphor. It's a signal that we should be yes, looking for something. It else. is, and it actually makes sense with everything else that we know about how the show operates. Yeah, um, especially once we get to the Zeppo and those character centric arcs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Where and we're kind of seeing things things from somebody else's perspective a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, and, and I guess uh, another couple of sort of dreamlike episodes have sort of similar a similar feel to them. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Yeah, but, well, they uh, all like, have like normal signal. again and stuff like that. That are very sort of a, a strange look at, at things, and it, it mm-hmm. felt, it kind of felt. I mean, and, and uh, I mean, and Marty Narkson wrote this episode, uh, and she has great grasp of characters. I mean, oh, beautiful yeah. grasp of all these characters, uh, but they all seem a little bit flat. They do, and a little they seem bit weird. Yeah, a little bit off, and she doesn't write them that way on um, unless it's on purpose. She yeah. does not. So yeah, well, <laughs> she knows are... these people as well as she knows herself. <laughs> and she knows exactly what they usually say. But there are some, and, but we're kind of pulled back from, from them. Sort of, mm-hmm. sort of like we're, it's being, uh, the show, the episode's being narrated by somebody who doesn't know these people as well. Yes. Which like would indicate the outside. Yes, yes. An outsider of some kind. That's very true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, their costuming's a little off. There's a lot of yeah. little clues that things are just not clicking. And yeah. even when we started looking for the metaphor, we'd say, okay, let's look at the metaphor of the scene. And uh, and there's some places uh, we could there's some places yeah. we could find them a little bit later, but we had to. But that mostly happens in the next episode, and not so much this one. Yeah. So it's yeah. this is I I think of these two episodes like a yin yang. Mm. Um. So this is the dark half. This is the angelus angel, and then the next episode is from Buffy's perspective. I could definitely see that, so. and it's the it's the more the heroic mm-hmm. sort of uh, battle over adversity kind of a thing, and this one is the succumbing to adversity. Yes, yeah, it, as one does with vampires. <laughs> yes, when, when you've got an <laughs> evil vampire trapped in your body, sometimes you just have to let it out. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. especially when your shadow self is in a red wheelchair. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's not even wearing his red shirt. I know, but Drew's got that. Drew's got the handle. Yeah, she's got the red. So, shall we get underway? Yes. Let's <laughs> now that we've irritated the gentle let's, listeners. Let's dive right in. Splash. <laughs> <laughs> we open in Buffy's bed. No, no. Like I said last week, it's not like that. And and still isn't uh, yet. <clears throat> so, Buffy is uh, is not wearing or sleeping in any white fabric at all. No, this is what we shall now call Buffy Blue. Oh, yes, the Buffy Blue. Yes, I will have a whole treatise on this soon, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> too. But. And, uh, and Buffy seems to be having a nightmare. And she wakes and flips on her light and finds that her water glass is empty. And there are two big uh-ohs right away. <laughs> uh, first, uh, Buffy, or Dream Buffy, for this is a dream, is wearing a, a one-girl-in-all-the-world black shirt under her jammies. And second, Drusilla is following her. <laughs> also, <laughs> yes. the water glass being empty when there's so much water in the rest of the episode. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Maybe she's, I don't know. Maybe she's thirsty for something. Yes, perhaps she is very <laughs> thirsty for something that does not involve wearing white. Uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, Drew, uh, by the way, is of course also wearing all black. All black and yes. has a smear of blood on her lip. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, the, the quintessential vampire thing. <laughs> yes, very yeah. much so. She's very lurky and vampy. Uh, Buffy opens the door to the, her bathroom and finds herself in the bronze, as will happen. Uh, Willow and an organ grinder monkey are engaging in conversation in French, of course, because as Oz informed us, monkeys speak French. And this is interesting, though. This seems to be a Slayer dream, because Buffy isn't normally psychic in any way that we've seen other than occasionally pinging on a vampire, and it seems unlikely that Willow would have told Buffy about monkey pants, or monkeys speaking French, or, I I mean, I think they would have shown us that. Oh, yeah. Uh, So that means it's a psychic dream, which also means Slayer dream, a message from the powers that be. Uh, What Willow is saying is that uh, the hippo stole his pants. (laughs) (laughs) And 
<laughs> Willow waves and, and Buffy waves back and she's staring at the monkey as one would. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joyce is also at, at the Dream Bronze enjoying a large latte. Uh, she asks Buffy if she's really ready. Buffy says, what? And then Joyce drops her saucer, shattering it on the floor, and Joyce walks away. Yes, and she is wearing brown. She'll wear brown again. Uh-huh. This is a grounding color. This is like the earthing color. Because she's the mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And asking, are you really ready? Yeah. Buffy's and not ready. Might have a few layers on that question. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. Just a few. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Buffy spots Angel, uh, speaking of ready or not, uh, and they walk towards each other, but Drew stakes him. He dusts before he and Buffy can touch each other. And note the shirt. It's the red soft. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a red velvet shirt. He's worn this two other times. Yes, this Both of the our, bronze, right? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so all three of the bronze, this is a rule of three with the shirt. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll get into that. Yes, We've, I got a lot of costuming stuff to talk about with Angel. <laughs> I'm going to spare you if I can. <laughs> I'll spare you now for later. Yes. Uh, and Drew wishes Buffy a happy birthday. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> if she'd actually given her that, that gift, it would have gone a lot better for Buffy, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, that would have been a, a mercy to kill Angel yes. right there. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't have had a show, which is fantastic. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have had redemption. And, yeah, you know, the but, PTBs do take a bit of an exception to when you take a champion away from them, too. They do. <laughs> yeah, he, he would have come back. Yeah. But uh, he's not champion status yet. No, no, not even close. He, he doesn't until amends. No, it's That's true. when he achieves champion status. Indeed. Yeah. So they have to bring him back just for that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, and also, uh, this whole situation is going to be par for the course as far as Buffy's birthday goes. Um, <laughs> it's actually one of the better ones. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Buffy wakes up for real wearing the one girl in all the world black shirt without any jammies over it, and none of this is a good sign. At Angel's place, shirtless Angel enters the door and finds Buffy there. They ask if the other is okay, and she comes inside to talk about her dream. Buffy is dressed in all kinds of black and white. All kinds of black and white. Yeah, and the weird white leather coat. Yeah, that we haven't seen some since Lie to Me, right? Yeah, she well, no, she, to... she actually, it was, that was a leather, uh, like, trench coat thing. Oh, yeah. So we haven't seen this before. This is a brand new, which also, to me, that's a signal that somebody's looking in that doesn't quite get Buffy, because this is not her style. <laughs> it really isn't it, so It's not her. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's misremembering wardrobe. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, she, she tells him that she had a dream that Drusilla was alive and killed him. Angel puts on a white shirt, so they're both in black and white now. Angel says that it was just a dream and isn't real. And does he not know about Slayer dreams? Dude, these things are really, really important. This is also one of the only times we see him in a white shirt. Yes. The first time we saw him just in white, and it might be the only other time when we see him just in his white shirt, is when he takes off the coat to give to Buffy. Um, right. Well, and yeah, yeah, it's it's usually what. Yeah, it's usually he usually wears white shirt, black pants with a jacket, a black jacket over Mm -hmm. it, and there's no black jacket. So. I mean, the show is screaming at us that he is half good and half evil. Um, All the time. Most like, just like the, the tarot card that the, the winged lion represents. Yes. Uh, yes. Two of cups. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy also, uh, in addition to what we are screaming at the television, points out that her dreams are prophetic. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Angel's too busy clouding her judgment to be very helpful here, saying that not all of her dreams come true. And apparently... Buffy also has dreams of joint business ventures with Giles involving yes. office supply warehouses in Vegas. And I cannot even tell you how much I want to see that spinoff. <laughs> well, the pencils would come in handy. It would be also, so awesome. the way these guys are positioned in the room and we're filming, there is like, Angel just is getting into bed, as we find out. So mm-hmm. he had like pulled down the covers or he was sitting up in bed reading And of something. course got all shirtless. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe he's sitting up in bed reading the, the way sexy men do. Uh, <laughs> reading Nietzsche. 
yeah. while shirtless. Oh, stop. <laughs> Having a brandy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Your little yeah. asexual heart is going is, pitter yeah, pat. It's like, read to me. Um, so he's like, I, I just want to cuddle and you can read to me. It'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, so he's got his bed pulled back and there's this white bed just glowing in the background like boom, yes as, boom, we, as boom. we called it when we were watching the episode uh, the bed of foreshadowing yes, yes. <laughs> it does look comfy it does it i looks love very this little like warehouse room. yeah but it's framed like right behind them and sometimes in between them yeah it's really nicely yes. done <laughs> it's just sitting there hello yes. hello <laughs> hello and okay and angel so okay, so Buffy said that the the one that the her dream, her actual dream, uh, it's felt real, and that's important. Um, he tells her that Drew is dead, and even if she isn't, they'll deal with it. And she's still worried, so he kisses her. And damn it, Angel, stop being Mister Boyfriend for a second and focus. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice to see them, boyfriend girlfriend. For it is, but now is five not, minutes we get together. Right, exactly. Now is not yeah. the time. <laughs> Things get all hot and heavy for a minute, and you'd think that knowing she has to go to school might be a bit of boner killer, but not so much. Yeah, he's used to it. I guess he is. Uh, eventually, he asks what she wants for her birthday, and Buffy's answer should be, I don't have a birthday. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but she hasn't learned to fear her birthday with every fiber of her being yet, so she tells him to surprise her, and oh no, no, no Buffy, no. that's that's the episode title. <laughs> Okay, you really should just move to Vegas with Giles and start that office supply company because holy shit, girlfriend, this is bad. Oh, yeah. She says it's nice seeing him first thing in the morning. He says it's really his bedtime. And she says it's nice seeing him then. Uh, and then she freaks out for a second and then clarifies that she just likes seeing him. And not for long, I don't think. <laughs> and sorry, Buffy, but uh, <laughs> they, they agree that it's getting really difficult to say goodbye to each other. And that will get much worse as well. At school, uh, Willow can't believe Buffy said, I like you at bedtime. Uh, they're talking about how Buffy wants to have sex with Angel and Angel wants to have sex with Buffy without saying the word sex. Yes, um, but, but Willow is flowers all over the place. She's got a flower necklace. She's got a hat. <laughs> she's got like flowers around her waist. She's right. got, <laughs> whoa. She, she's busting out with the flower fertility thing because, yeah. you know, she's a little bit behind Buffy because Buffy was doing that a few episodes ago, but now it's Willow's turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Spirit's catching up. Yes, yeah, she is. As <laughs> as we would expect in the episode where Buffy has sex for the first time. You'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> and with this conversation, I, I'm of the school that if you can't say it, you shouldn't be doing it. And uh, this might be what this dialogue is about. And don't get me wrong. If there wasn't some big gypsy curse, there would be absolutely nothing wrong with, with Buffy having sex with Angel, other than it kind of being necrophilia and sort of illegal, uh, because <laughs> the age of consent is California's 18. I'm totally kidding. Good for yeah. them. You know, good <laughs> yeah. for them. Well, I, mean, um, I, I think the necrophilia part like cancels out both legal bits, right? <laughs> because like he's a corpse who can consent because the problem with necrophilia is that the corpse can't consent. Right. You know, and then also like he's dead. So technically he doesn't have an age. And so there's no such that no such thing as statutory at that point. <laughs> that so, excellent, excellent justification. Thank you. But, but no, I mean, that's, it's totally cool. They've known <laughs> each other forever. They're in love with each other. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, however, Buffy backpedaled when she accidentally said something that to Angel, the guy she wants to have sex with, that implied that she wanted to have sex with him. And now she and her spirit can't discuss it for what it is either. And so I think the show is telling us that Buffy isn't ready. And yeah. she's certainly not ready for actually what actually happens, but then nobody could be prepared for that one. Well, that happens to a lot of people. Yes, it when does. When they sort of sleep with somebody. <laughs> yes, it does. Even if they've been with them for a while. Oh, yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, but... 
it's interesting the show has kind of worked that in that little mm-hmm. conversation that they are discussing this on very immature terms. Oh yeah. Um, when you should be able to say to Angel, the guy Buffy wants to have sex with, I think we should have sex. Yes. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Yeah. Do you vampires could... need condoms? <laughs> right. Should I get some I should condoms? Should I get some condoms? Do you have condoms? Is there any way I can catch something? I know I can't get pregnant, but should we be careful? You know, that's mm-hmm. the conversation that you should have because you're yes. going to have sex with someone. It's not going to ruin the mood. <laughs> Just talk about it, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take note, children. Yes. Uh, and, and also we have her mom asking, are you sure you're ready? Yes. There are, big, there are big signs, <laughs> for sure, that there's something going on where it's maybe not the best idea. Yeah. Um, so Buffy is worried that she'll never feel this way again, and that's one of the more adorable teenage sentiments, and kind of true, because there's nothing quite like the first time you feel love or sexual attraction. Uh, Willow, reminding Buffy of a conversation that they had in the very first episode of the show, tells Buffy to seize the guy. Uh, and since <laughs> poor Buffy's Latin slayer powers don't kick in when she's conscious of them, uh, she thinks it means fish of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know what kind of kinks Angel might have after a couple of centuries. <laughs> Darlo is kinky gal. <laughs> I'm just imagining the fish slapping dance. <laughs> totally. I can, see, I can see Darla getting into that waxing with the fish one night. <laughs> or a fishmonger, maybe. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I killed this fishmonger and he had all these fish, so let's make let's make use of him. <laughs> <Wha-pow>. <laughs> oh, oh Willow is in awe in general because when you haven't had sex yet, it really does seem like a huge life changing thing. Uh and speaking of sexual foreshadowing, here's Oz. <laughs> That's a red guitar. Yes, indeed. And they are very matchy. Those they outfits are. go together. <laughs> uh Buffy asks Willow how she feels about Oz. Willow reports that he's nice and she likes his hands. Uh she says that Oz is older and Buffy's all girl please. My boyfriend is more than ten times my age. <laughs> Which is that's a great little part of the conversation. Like, my boyfriend had a bite at ten. <laughs> Buffy, throwing Willow's and her own advice back at her, encourages Willow to seize the guy as well, because she shouldn't spend the rest of her life waiting for Xander. Distressingly, being in a happy relationship will be the one thing that works in Willow's pursuit of Xander. Gross. Yeah. Uh, Buffy leaves, and Willow takes her advice and chats with Oz. There's some very cute back and forth with Willow trying to figure out if Oz likes her by hinting around about groupies, then Oz saying he wants to ask her on a date the next night, and Willow enthusiastically agreeing to go until he actually asks, and then turning him down, (laughs) him admiring her unpredictability, and then Willow asking him to go with her to Buffy's surprise birthday party. And you know, they still communicate better than Buffy and Angel. (laughs) I actually love their communication. They're so cute. Like, they're so cute. Well, because Oz just... It's gonna be. Oz is like, look, I'm just gonna tell you how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and Willow's like, ee. <laughs> it's very it's cute. It's well, I also like the reversal, right? So he asks mm-hmm. her out. She says, no, I can't. And then she asks him out. Right. On so. a, and, a, and she says the word date, which is such a huge contrast to the conversation she just had with Buffy. Mm-hmm. Buffy, who wants to have sex but could not say the word sex. Yes. Willow wants a date and says the word date <laughs> and yes. then marvels at her own ability to say the word date, which is very cute. <laughs> so, so and I mean, her exit where she kind of like gestures and he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows exactly like he knows that she feels awkward and he yeah. fills in those gaps for her. it's very, very cute. Yeah. This yeah. is how in an older, younger relationship can work. Yes. Where the older one understands what it's like and to be that age. And guides. Yeah. Just guides Let a little bit. Help you a little and bit. He does, and he doesn't diminish her. He doesn't cloud her judgment he just helps yes. her he clears her judgment yes which this is, is also it. an older human relationship right 
for now. Uh, (laughs) 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 So that we don't have the the stunted demon growth going on. And the the non-human that Oz becomes doesn't influence his maturity at all. No, it's true. He's always going to be a very mature guy. Um, (laughs) Influences other things about him, like (laughs) leaving, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever, Seth Green, go get another job. Fine. Fine. We got a lesbian out of it, so I'm <laughs> Neener, neener. <laughs> Hair is prettier. She's pretty. <laughs> uh, at Cordelia's locker, Xander mentions Buffy's party, and she's not excited to have it, about having to cook or open up bags of chip and chip. Uh, wow. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Who would have thought that would be hard to say? <laughs> At Cordelia's locker, Xander mentions Buffy's party, and she's not excited about having to cook or open up bags of chips and containers of dip. See, Cordy is my kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've made entire meals of chips and dip. Yes. Well, and she is she's shadow selfing. She's wearing the white sweater. She is. And uh, we know something's about to happen with Xander, though, because he's wearing red. Yeah, because look out. Yeah. So we are, we're having to watch for some coding in here. You don't mm-hmm. have to wait too long for Xander. No, it'll be yeah. right here. Uh, Xander wants to come out of the utility closet with a relationship, but <laughs> <laughs> but Cordy most definitely does not, since she thinks he wants to tell everyone because, well, because she's a catch, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, she doesn't want to tell anybody because of what it will do to her standing as a social apex predator. And, well, I think she might misread why Xander wants everyone to know they're dating, but then Xander has a tendency to, a tendency to be an asshole out of nowhere, so maybe she's right. I really have no idea. Uh, Giles uh, finds Xander after Cordy leaves him there, uh, checking in uh, about Buffy's party, and Giles sees Buffy and Jenny approaching and tells him in a British way to hush up about the whole thing. Oh, and and uh, uh, also, Jenny Calendar, all red. Yeah. So we know we need to watch her. <laughs> yes. Because it doesn't come back. She doesn't start wearing red again. She's not a red-wearing kind of gal, usually. No, she isn't. So just the fact that this is the first thing we see of her and then it disappears, mm-hmm. we need to keep an eye on her. Absolutely. She might pose a bit of a danger or have a little bit of a threat yes. to her. <laughs> Or maybe both. Maybe both. Maybe both. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Xander calls Giles and apparently the rest of the, rest of the British uh, drama queens. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you know, if you know Anthony Head's past, <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. He can clean it up with the best of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, especially for a straight guy, he's, oh, he yeah. just, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty he's weird He's very for a secure guy. in his sexuality. Very. <laughs> to play. And other people's. To play Dr. Frankenfurter. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Then, uh, proving my point from like 30 seconds ago about being an asshole out of nowhere, Xander tells Buffy he's going to give her a pre-birthday spanking. (sighs) Jenny tells him to stow it, and he doubles down on the assholery, pretending to radio in a cancellation of the spanking. (laughs) Xander! Seriously, stop. He's recovering. Yeah, he's wounded. Yeah, he's wounded from court. He's that's trying the to red recover. shirt. He's got a wound. Yeah, he's trying to recover his manhood. Like, yeah, he, I even think he bought that shirt he's wearing to impress Cordy. Probably. And she's not buying it because yeah. he doesn't wear it for the rest of the episode. But, you know, word to the wise, um, do not respond to someone hurting your feelings by taking it out on all of your friends. It's true. They well, need to be there for you. Xander might never learn this. Um, never. Never. I mean, ever. He gets better. He does get better. He gets better. But this is Xander's thing. And and strangely also kind of Buffy's Very much so. Uh, (laughs) Very, very, (laughs) so much so. Yeah, so the metaphor holds up. Yeah, it sure does. (laughs) Uh, They sit and Giles asks if Buffy is okay. She tells her surrogate parents, Giles and Jenny, about her dream. Giles asks if she uh, thinks it was a Slayer dream and suffering from the angel-related judgment clouding, she says she doesn't know and doesn't want to cause a fuss. Buffy? So angry. 
Giles, though, is going to investigate because the fallout from an alive or not dead Drew uh, (laughs) (laughs) would be pretty bad. Uh, (laughs) Xander needs attention or something, trying to give Giles shit about having a vocabulary, and Giles isn't amused, as he shouldn't be. Uh, Giles tells Buffy not to worry, but she says that she doesn't really have a choice because it's angel-related. At the warehouse, Dalton is delivering a package to Spike and Drew! (laughs) Yay! Uh, Spike tells him to put it on the table with the other gifts. Oh, a party! (laughs) How exciting! (laughs) Well, we also, we get that great reveal where we hear Spike's voice and we get all excited and we know what we know what we saw him like last mm-hmm. and we know what we're used to seeing him like and then the reveal is oh yeah we, we see that he's badly scarred in a wheelchair a red yeah. wheelchair but um, not wearing his red shirt underneath right. like you pointed out he's just got his black like and actually kind of ratty yeah shirt underneath he looks really worse for wear he's given up on being dangerous yeah. for a bit but he's still bleaching his hair so. yes well, well yeah. Drew's there to bleach it it's for true. him it's true <laughs> and do his nails and everything <laughs> <laughs> he suggests that Drew have her party in Vienna but Drusilla says that that the invitations were already sent. Spike is worried because all of his plans get fucked up in Sunnydale, and, and boy, isn't that truth for everybody on this show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she reassures him that her gatherings are always perfect. Remember Spain, the bowls? And I'm so torn between not wanting to know and really wanting to know. Oh, Was it like scared. one of those brazen bowls the Romans had where you cook people in there? I really <laughs> want to know what happened. I bet it is. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That'd be so Drusilla. It really would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as there's no red roses on the decorations. <laughs> yeah, fine. that's bad. It's fine. Yeah, she can wear red. Maybe that's why she doesn't like them, because they match her dress. Taking the attention can, away, perhaps? Yeah. They, they, can't be, they can't be dangerous. She has to be dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. So, yeah. She just, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, Spike's still upset about how Angel and Buffy keep screwing everything up, but Drew says that she's got good games for everyone. She gives him a cheek lick and assures him that he'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's not so fond of the flower arrangement, though. The flowers are all wrong, and she can't abide them. She freaks, tearing up the whole thing and distracting me with her triceps until Spike, who is just as good at calming her down as she is at calming him down, suggests that they do something different with the flowers. They are so cute, and they I can't even so stand cute. it. The chemistry is just crazy I between know. these two. And we get to see that glimpse of Drew being crazy. So yep. she was not crazy because she was attacked by a mob. Gotcha. Drew is crazy because Drew is crazy. <laughs> right. And now she's strong and crazy. Yeah. And so, so scary. We are still deep in the Ophelia because she's freaking out about flowers oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so she's just strong exactly the same true like she's still psychic she's just more psychic she's still crazy she's just more crazy she's strong she's even more strong (laughs) creepy yeah scary 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 uh drew has become interested in her gifts spike tells her she can have a peek at one and she opens the latch and says it reeks of death and smiles (laughs) as you'd imagine she's thrilled about the stinky whatever (laughs) Drusilla tells Spike that this will be the best party ever. He asks why, and she says, because it will be the last. Oh, shit. Yeah, so Drew's hoping that this will be the last party for everyone on the Earth, right? Yeah, sounds like. Yeah. Because she doesn't think things through. Well, she I think she's crazy and wants to die. Um, uh... And so if she has to take everybody with her, that's fine. But I, I mean, I think she's wanted to die since Angelus first got her. That's actually a really good point. And now she's pissed and wants to take the world with her. That's a really good point. I think that's Drew's motivation. (laughs) So in the summer's home, it's Buffy's birthday, and Joyce is going to take her shopping on Saturday? Joyce. Joyce, I see a card on the table, but you didn't buy your daughter a present to open on her birthday? Joyce. Really? All you had to do was get a gift certificate when you were at the mall the last episode. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 
you know, when Buffy went to fight the vampires, uh, you could have gone into her favorite store. Or when you had to go back to pick up your Moo Moo, you could have just <laughs> bought her a... Never mind. I'm just going to hope yeah. that purse is new. God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, or the, the jacket or something. Something. But yeah, but yeah. just go get her gift certificate to Claire's. You were just at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> we saw you there. Yeah. This Buffy, is hard. Buffy went away somewhere and you could have just bought her a gift. And, and that's actually what our mom would do. Like yeah, she, like, mom would oh, be like, mom, mom would, mom would use the the the, the, the oldest uh, trick in the book and say, uh-huh. look over there, and she would like yeah. scamper off and she get would, us a present. She actually one time <laughs> bought me a leather vest that I wanted, and I knew she was going to get me a leather coat. And she came in and showed it to me. I was at work at the cutlery, mm-hmm. which we talked about, um, and she held it up and said, "Look, I got you the coat that you wanted." And I said, "Cool." And inside the coat was the vest. <laughs> It was hidden in plain sight, man. <laughs> Mom's sneaky like that. She's sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> so Joyce could have done something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, get your just kid a, anything. Get your kid a damn present. Make her pancakes. Make her those waffles you want to make for her later that don't have calories because you make them for her. <laughs> right. Those. Yeah. <laughs> With the candles. Yeah. But at least Joyce remembered Buffy's birthday, I guess, and uh, asked like how. Her dad. Yeah, no shit. And uh, she asks how Seventeen feels. Buffy says she feels responsible, mature, and level-headed, and would like to get a driver's license. And this seems pretty reasonable to me, mm-hmm. a year late even. But then Joyce quotes uh, Dream Joyce asking, do you really think you're ready, Buffy? And dropping her plate. And Buffy is understandably freaked. She's breathless as the plate starts to fall. She's like, oh, yeah. shit. And Joyce <laughs> is wearing brown just like in in the dream only she has the flowers of maturity yes yes, yes. the fully blossomed flowers yes the fully blossomed flowers yes. Yes. <laughs> the, wa- like the wise flowers yes. <laughs> uh, at school jenny calendar is carrying some stuff to her desk when she's approached by someone who we will learn is her uncle enos uh, she's clearly shocked to see him with her past invading her present the way it tends to do, especially in Sunnydale. Uh, she says she knows she hasn't written as much lately, but says she's been busy. Uh, I would love to know how long it's been since the last time she wrote, because uh, she has clearly chosen Giles over her family at this point, which makes what happens even more tragic. He reminds her of the responsibility she has to her people. She tries to make our standard westernized I've been working excuse, which that was a nice touch. Uh, <laughs> but he says that the elder woman has found something different in the signs. Jenny says that the curse is still doing its curse thing, uh, but the elder woman has seen that Angel's pain, because this is obviously about Angel, uh, has been dwindling a bit. Jenny tells him that Angel has a girlfriend, and Uncle Enyos is disgusted, but I'm not sure what Jenny could have done about that part, you know? Like, follow them around and make bird noises whenever they started to kiss? <laughs> like... <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so funny. <laughs> 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 Did yeah, you hear I that? I <laughs> yeah, but we, we're all about unreasonable family expectations. Absolutely. Buffy. And Uncle Enios is the personification is. of that. Yes, he is. And you can tell, by the way, just by looking at these two, that they are somehow related because they're both wearing brown. Jenny doesn't wear hmm. a lot of this brown either. Like, she's just, she's being symbolic she in is. a lot of this She's episode. a big old symbol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, just looking at her. But he, he has unreasonable expectations for her. There's nothing anyone could have done. Like, maybe Giles? Yeah, then that just adds the more of the forbidden Romeo and Juliet thing, and that would have oh, just accelerated. So thing. pretty much the only person you could have told to make this not happen was Angel or Buffy, and even then, it's going to happen. Right? They can't not. Right? Like the, the only way to stop it is to stake Angel. That's like it. <laughs> oh, so Drew's doing that? Just right? Fine. Drew tried to get. Yeah, yeah. Drew tried yeah. to do that. Yes. Twice. Yeah. Episode, not, not twice yet, but twice in this episode, yeah. she will try and help that. Yes. Because uh, probably she 
if if there is a human side of Drew in there somewhere, she's feeling for Buffy. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And we kind of see that in the next episode, I think. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a big old whatever, Uncle Enos. <laughs> you try to stop a Slayer <laughs> yes. from doing fucking anything. Uh, so uh, Jenny vouches for Angel, saying that he's still suffering and making amends. And oh, what a lovely title drop for a future episode, considering who comes to visit Angel. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that great? Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Doing little hand <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Doing the cheese man wave. <laughs> yeah. <woo-hoo. laughs> and she says that he's saved her life as well. Uncle Enos goes off about how Angelus killed the tribe's favorite daughter, killed everyone in her family, as as we know Angelus was fond of doing. So it sounds like he had a Drusilla-level obsession with her, this uh, poor gal. Though he didn't turn her. We'll find out later that he didn't think of her as the brightest bulb, exactly, <laughs> which seems to be important for him. Yes. Uh, Uncle Enos... It says that vengeance demands that his pain be eternal, as ours is. If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too much. Jenny apologizes, uh, starting to say that she thought something, but Uncle Uncle Enios interrupts, reminding her that she is Yana, a gypsy of the Calderash people, not Jenny Calendar. And Snart, mm-hmm. you found a little stuff about the Calderash and people. It, yes, uh, and we'll get further into this in our very special episode we're working on. Um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but yes, so the Calderash clan is actually a clan of Roma and, uh, or Romani, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and gypsies. And they are metallurgists. So Which they are not witches and stuff, but yeah, they're metallurgists. They they make jewelry and pots and pans. And we and remember that Giles found a piece of Jenny's jewelry, which was very, very, very metalworky looking. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, how fun that they did their homework on Isn't that. Isn't that cool? And it lines up with a whole bunch of other stuff. We'll get into that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a very special episode because this yeah. one's going to be long. And the <laughs> yeah. next one is also going to be long. <laughs> it's going to be longer than this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he orders Jenny to take Buffy from Angel. Yeah, not a big grasp on reality, <laughs> that Uncle Enos. And, uh, <laughs> like, she's a slayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's means... a vampire. Yeah, yes. And you make metal things. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Unless you're going to make a rocket launcher. Yeah. Like, <laughs> program something, yes. computer program. Yeah, I don't even know. I, don't, I have no idea what she could even yeah. think about doing. <laughs> she tries her best later, but even that doesn't work. Well, have you ever tried not being the Slayer? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, So what do we think Jenny was going to say when, uh, when she started with, I thought, I, I'm, I'm thinking she was going to tell him that she thought redemption was better than vengeance, but it could have been anything. Yeah, it could be that, or it could just be that I thought I was supposed to be here to watch. Yeah. You know, I don't no. think, you know, she, she's not exactly the choice to make for somebody who's not going to just observe. Right. You know, she's not the action type. Right. And she wasn't supposed to be like that's. And yeah. yeah maybe that. And I, maybe it's just showing that she is starting to or has been has been thinking uh, outside of her mission quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Thinking her mission is not uh, a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And thinking for herself more. Well, and seeing um, these two together, you know, I oh, guess yeah. that's, that's something like that's even a turning point for Kendra. Oh, absolutely. Um, when when anybody sees Angel and Buffy together, they can't get between them. They're too sweet. They're too meant for each other. Right. Um, at least at this point in time. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're two halves of this whole that need to happen. Right. And you can't get between them. So, you know, I once she sees them together, she can't get between them. And then she's also, at the meantime, falling for Giles. And she feels, and she she's acting as, as a surrogate mom for Buffy, too. Mm-hmm. So she's feeling, you know, parental, maternal kind of love feelings for Buffy and protective feelings for Buffy. Yeah. And, yeah, and she sees that Angel's been kind of 
good for, at least on the surface. I mean, yeah. Well, and maybe he's just, you know, from what she's seen, he's too tormented to ever experience a moment of happiness. Your <laughs> <Right>. happiness? <laughs> Are yeah. you sure? Well, he's yeah. been tormenting himself a lot. Yes. In well, this you know, season. getting a good brute going. Oh, yeah. Important to get a good really brute. Really honed his brooding really skills. Really honed his brooding skills. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and okay, so a lot of people hate the curse. And I don't know why it makes sense to me, but it totally makes sense to me. The Calderash punishment for Angel is based completely in vengeance. They don't care if other people suffer too. All they care about is making Angel as miserable as possible for as long as possible. And then if he does experience his moment of happiness, his soul goes away and he has to watch himself perform all kinds of terrible acts until somebody puts him down. It's like a safety catch, but instead of safety, it's more torture. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So happiness equals more torture and then death, or maybe the Calderash or someone who will stuff his soul back in there and which is what happens. And uh, then he has to live with what he did again, but even worse, which is what happens. And this time live in fear of finding happiness, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and if more people die in the process, they don't care at all. No. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, no, it makes <laughs> sense. Well, and also if you look at, there's a certain amount of repression that happened with the Romani people and other cultures around that area. Uh, so depending on who he was teamed up with, if Angel was teamed up with somebody, um, taking their daughter, you know, like we're looking at, at there's, there's some pretty interesting heavy history just depending on where they were in the world. Um, mm-hmm. But the Romani have basically been persecuted, hunted, Shat killed. upon. Yes. Yeah. Like they, if just, just go watch even the Disney version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, that's, <laughs> read, and that's the best case scenario. Read a little bit about who the Nazis started with. Yeah. Um, so these are people who are just kind of like, fuck them. You know, yeah. like, fuck everybody but us. There's only 15 of us left. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I embrace yeah. that kind of spunk. I mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> yeah. So we, don't, we just don't know who Angel was teamed up with at the time either. Or, you know, where maybe Darla bought their daughter from right uh yeah like there's just so much history going on with this we don't know what their motivations were yeah i like the curse i like the curse and it's a great (laughs) plot motivator and it also gets into that heavy greek type mythology that we're Mm going to talk about eventually absolutely Um, in another very special episode there'll be like five hours of mythology (laughs) yeah because we also get into uh, a lot even like buddhist mythology with Mm -hmm. angel's path as we've gotten into the christian stuff like he has a character with so much on his shoulders and you don't get to have that without something weighing you down right absolutely so anyway uh jenny says that she'll do (laughs) what he asks (laughs) 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 so Uh, in the library, Buffy is telling Giles about the dish-breaking part of her dream totally came true, uh, coming true. Uh, he sympathizes about how creepy that would be. Xander and Willow come bouncing into the library, all excited to see how it's Buffy's birthday and stuff, and see they're excited because it's it's their first one. Uh, and 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 wow, they're really excited, they boy! Really excited and, and, and check and everybody's outfit right now. They're all over the place. Yeah, Buffy is wearing like blue and green. Mm-hmm. That's not a Buffy thing. No, and she's wearing velvet, which is also like she does sometimes, but not all of it. Like the whole thing, right? Um, yeah, and then we have it's like she got in like, Joyce's wardrobe a little bit. Yeah, 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 she's doing the Joyce again. Yeah, um, yeah, her hair isn't kinky. That's the only thing that's not messed up. Well, she wants to be mature, I guess, because that's of the true. sex thing. So maybe she's trying. Yeah, to be and like she wants mom. to drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and Giles is wearing a tie I have never seen before. That's it's a, a wacky tie. Very festive tie. <laughs> very, very festive. <laughs> it's got, like scrolls or something. I don't, I don't know what that is. Good. I like to pretend that Jenny gave it to him. <laughs> <Me too>. uh, <laughs> It'd be adorable. 
and he's like, oh, uh, well, oh, I like it very yes. much. It's very, yes, yeah, very good. Very yes, good. excellent. It's a party time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Xander's still wearing, he's now, now got like the mopey sweater over the red t-shirt. <laughs> right. And Willow is just off. Mm-hmm. She's got the stripes and everything. So we just don't have our Scooby gang going on. We don't have our colors meshing. We, we They don't look like the normal Scoobies. Might signal some trouble coming up. Yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who dressed them, but it's not the normal people. Yeah. They're little, well, they're a little discombobulated. Uh-huh. As we, I mean, and they will be even yeah. more so later. And, uh, so Buffy is not excited so much uh, because she might be getting a sinking feeling that her birthday is completely terrible. Uh, Giles fills him in on how Buffy's nightmare is coming true. Uh, Buffy says that in her dream, Drusilla blindsided her. Angel was gone before she knew what happened. And that's pretty much how it will work, except the Drusilla part. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Giles reassures her that they can still protect Angel and that dreams aren't prophecies. Well, Giles... About that. Um, it's a Slayer dream. Yeah. Uh, he points out that she dreamed about the Master rising, totally forgetting that the Master absolutely, 100% did rise and killed Buffy in the process. Yeah, he even <laughs> says, you're having the dreams, aren't you, in the first episode. Right. So like, he that's knows. he calls her out on being a Slayer. <laughs> right. God so, damn it. <laughs> so Buffy's heart is also reassuring about this, and now two-thirds of herself are spinning things in a very positive direction, and she's reassured, <laughs> even though she shouldn't be, because her dream about the Master was completely accurate and slayer dreams will always if memory serves be really really accurate counting down from 730 right <sighs> buffy says that she <laughs> renty <laughs> and rent uh buffy says <laughs> buffy says that she wants to stay one step ahead like they are now and giles tells her he'll do some research on drusilla he asks her to come back at seven o'clock that evening and buffy isn't sure what she's going to do until then giles tells her to do you know human things like class and homework and eating and buffy says right be that buffy Poor gal. I wish I could say reassuring things to her, but I don't think enjoy it now because you may never even be this happy again would be particularly helpful. Yeah. <laughs> that is such a good line where she's like, right, right be, be that, that Buffy. Buffy. I, yeah. know, I love it's that. It's like, that's usually the pep talk she does inside. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so rattled, the inner thoughts are just popping out of her even. Well, it's like, haven't you ever known something to be true and everybody around you is telling it's telling you it's wrong? Oh, yeah. Like, I have this happen to me constantly, and it's like, it makes you feel crazy. It makes you feel completely messed up in your own head. You stop to, you start to just distrust everything. So she's, so Buffy's judgment is so clouded by her feelings for Angel, meaning that Kendra, of course, was 100% right, as we said at the time, uh, that even even her, Buffy says it. Yeah, even that Angel, which may equals maximum win. Right. So she's, so it's even to the point where her own parts are gaslighting her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she's allowing, Veiled Angelus to gaslight her. Yeah. Yeah. If our theory, you know. Uh, Xander, I like our theory. I like it too. Yeah. It's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than saying, well, I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're just gonna, it's, well, it's like if you're writing a paper in college. You, you, have, you realize halfway through that your thesis doesn't have a lot to back it up, but you just got to power through. Because yeah, you're like 95 out of 100 pages done and you just go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's holding up yeah. pretty well, though, I got to say. Uh-huh. 
So uh, Xander and Willow are upset because this means they can't go to the surprise party, but Giles goes all Winston Churchill about how they are most <laughs> definitely having Buffy's party because there really isn't a good time to have a party when you're on a hellmouth. So you need to stick to the plans you have. That tie is wearing <laughs> off on him, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and what we can we can assume is 7 o'clock that evening, Buffy is on her way to the library. When Jenny intercepts her, she startles the Slayer and she'd probably be happy Buffy doesn't greet her with the Slayer hello. And Jenny, I really dig you, but no. Wait, getting taken out by Buffy would actually be preferable to what happens to you, so carry on. That's very true. Also, costuming note, Mm. Buffy is still wearing the same outfit. Yes. This is unusual for Buffy. She usually gets her her game on with her clothes. Yeah, she changes things multiple times, especially when she might have to go hunt later that Mm -hmm. night. She usually gets into more of a slayer thing. She's wearing a white fucking coat, the same white coat. Right. And she's also in direct opposition to... Jenny, who's with her wearing black leather jacket. Black leather jacket. What did she wears a lot? Yeah, she yeah. likes that black leather jacket. And if she you should. go back, you see a lot of black leather on Jenny Callan. Looks good on her. It does. Yeah. Might mean something. <laughs> yeah, might just mean a little bit. <laughs> uh, Jenny's acting a little nervous and tells Buffy that Giles wants to meet up somewhere else and that she, <laughs> she will drive Buffy there. Bad at covert ops. Yeah, she's she, <laughs> she is. She and like, Buffy. <laughs> how she got this far is just astonishing. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure either. Well, I, she was good at it when she didn't have her personal feelings in there, but now her feelings are there and she thinks of Buffy like her kid and she <laughs> yeah, just can't she like, do it. She's having a really hard, the guilt is just getting to her and yeah. <laughs> so they pull up in one of these scary alleys outside the bronze, um, though Jenny says that she's just going by the address that Giles gave her, so she's staying mysterious. Uh, this is totally the alleyway for band candy, guys. Which is like super the awesome. docks that the vampires are coming out of. That's that's the warehouse that the chocolate's like, made in band candy. Yay, band candy. <laughs> <laughs> Gives us happy feelings. Uh, Buffy sees some vampy activity and has Jenny stop the car, getting out to see what's going on. Jenny tries to stop her, but and then is clearly worried about what's going down, so she really has a lot of feelings for Buffy. She mm-hmm. really likes Buffy a lot. Uh, Buffy sees Dalton and quips that he, about his clear case of kleptomania <laughs> since Dalton was dealing last time she saw him too and is now carrying a really big box of some kind. Uh, she does a very nice job fighting two other vamps who are there with Dalton. Inside, Angel is wondering where Buffy is, but Willow says, it's cute, they're all hiding. <laughs> and, <laughs> but Willow says she thinks she can hear Buffy outside, and yes, I'd say that the sound of a crunchy beating definitely suggests that the Slayer is near. Uh, outside, Buffy stakes one vamp with one of her improvised stakes she's so fond of, and the other picks her up and throws her into a door. As the party goers watch, she crashes through the window with the vamp and stakes him with a drumstick. Nice work, Buffy. Yes. And Oz, who's rather speechless, but that could just be him being be him. Being him. Uh, and Cordy pops out, excitedly yelling, surprise! <laughs> Everyone looks at her all pissy, and Oz says that sums things up for him as well, and Xander makes some dickheaded scoffing noise, but I thought it was cute. It is cute. Cordy's like, it's party! Well, yeah, I mean, Cordy <laughs> wouldn't expect Buffy to have to stop after slaying a bunch of stuff. She's like, yay, Well, right, cool. she's the shadow party. self, and, you know, she sure. doesn't think this is a big deal. Buffy slays vampires. That's what she does. That's true. Well, and also, <laughs> as long as we were talking about backing up our theory, mm. the fact that when we go into the Scoobies hiding, and the first person we see is Angel. Right. That's this unusual. Is, usually, yeah. Angel's usually in the background. He'll, later on, yeah. he'll be in the background, too. Or he too. might come later. Right. You know, he but he's like, later. He's not going to be in there with the Scoobies the right. first thing we see. He's there waiting with them. That's yeah. a little weird. And he doesn't go weird. out to, to see what's up with Buffy, either. I mean, they can hear that there is a beating going on yeah. out there. And normally, he'd be like, it's Buffy, and he'd run out there. Right. So he's already off. He's off like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's wearing the same outfit that he wore in What's My Line when they go to the skating rink? Oh, and when he's yeah. snuggling Mr. Gordo. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
the blue shirt, which happens to match Buffy's blue, so you know, coupley yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, he's just a little off angel. Yeah, yeah. And, and he is the first thing we see when we cut to the bronze. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So Angel's all worried about Buffy, who is fine and has just noticed that there's a party for her birthday. Uh, purple and pink. She's all excited. <laughs> Giles toots a noisemaker and Cordy wishes Buffy happy birthday. <laughs> and Buffy and I don't know why everyone is still being all moody because it's cute and nothing is ruined just because she had to stake some vampires. Yeah. Really not a big deal. And Buffy is delighted by this, even though everyone is still acting all down. And Angel asks if she's okay again. And Angel, this is dangerously close to damseling. <laughs> and I already <laughs> told everyone that you and Spike and Faith are the love interests who don't damsel Buffy. So don't make me a liar. Yeah, okay. So- <laughs> yes. <laughs> She didn't even mess up her hair. She's fine. Yeah, there's no straw in there. <laughs> no, she's, just great. she's great. Yeah. <laughs> Willow asks if Oz is okay, and he's fine as well. Xander gives him the scoop, and Oz says it explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Best reaction ever. Yeah. He's just like, actually. Yeah, I know Willow's trying to yeah. go in this whole big explanation. Da, 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 are you okay? Explains a lot. I'm sure it does. Uh, Jenny comes in carrying the big box that Dalton had, and they open it up. It's an arm. It's quite a lively arm, actually, because <laughs> <laughs> it starts strangling Buffy. <laughs> Angel and Buffy get the arm away from her, while adorably Oz stands in front of Willow. That's cute. It is and, cute. And no, standing in front of a gal you're stronger than, just, just in case a d- disembodied and murderous arm gets loose, is not the same thing as treating a superpowered vampire, like, vampire slayer like she's a delicate little statuette. Yes. Very different. Uh, they get the arm all locked back up again. Giles asks Buffy if she's okay, which is uh, much more reasonable this time because of the strangling. Uh, she's okay, though. Uh, Willow asks what it was, and Oz says it looked like an arm. <laughs> indeed it did. That will be our response to a lot of Oz's lines. Yes. Yep. And yeah, indeed. Because that's just, yes, it was. <laughs> Angel knows what it is, though, and he, he knows why it's there. He says it can't be. She wouldn't. Thankfully... Xander and Buffy get him to talk before he can scamper off with vital information, as he usually does. <laughs> and he says that there's a legend from a very long time ago about a demon who could rid the earth of the plague of humanity by separating the righteous from the wicked and then killing the righteous. He was called the Judge. Giles seems pretty up to date on the Judge lore and fills Buffy in on how the Judge uh, couldn't be killed. Uh, he killed almost an entire army, but they were able to finally get to him and cut him into pieces. They weren't able to kill him, so they scattered the pieces around the world. Uh, Buffy says that she recognized the vamps outside as part of Spike's crew, so they they know that Drusilla is making this all happen. Angel says that Drew is just crazy enough to bring forth Armageddon. Hmm. She's not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it takes crazy to make crazy. Maybe it does. Mm. Uh, Cordy goes for some cake. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I would too. There's perfectly good cake sitting there. And if the world was ending soon, that's extra reason to have some. And we know her admiration of Marie Antoinette. Absolutely. Let Cordy <laughs> eat cake, people. Uh, and I love this because, okay, <laughs> have you ever been in a group of people and there's food nearby, but there's something going on like an argument or someone making a speech and all you're thinking is, man, I could go for another one of those roast beef sandwiches. Those are good. <laughs> but you can't quite find a polite way of hitting the sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah, Cordelia is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Giles says they need to get the arm out of town and away from the other parts, and Jenny suggests that Angel take care of it. And yes, she's absolutely doing this because her uncle told her to get Buffy and Angel away from each other, but 
Angel would have ended up being nominated for the job anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, who else is going to do it? There, there are a bunch of reasons it needs to be him, you know. But most, of the most basic one is that he's the only person without a job or school or people who are going to be like, "Where's Angel today?" Yeah, or who's not going to age and right. wither and can fight things off? And right. Nobody else live is going to rats on a boat. <laughs> exactly. Nobody else is going to be up for this job. Yeah. So Angel also knows it needs to be him and immediately starts planning where to hide the arm. Buffy tries to convince him to take a plane, and that's obviously not going to work. <laughs> I don't think he has a passport either. No. Uh, so, Because, uh, you know, the passport office is open during the day. <laughs> so there's no way he has <laughs> a passport, point. even if he has a documentation. Uh, he says he doesn't like the whole situation any more than Buffy does, and he has to do it. Uh, and he has to do it right now. Buffy protests that it's her birthday, and she probably looks back at this moment in a few years and shakes her head, having to deal with her boyfriend leaving town for a few months undoubtedly seems like a trip to the Bahamas compared to the Cruciamentum or what actually happens later in this episode. Yeah. And uh, Jenny says that she'll drive Angel to the docks. Yeah, finally able to do something. Yeah, like, yes, I could tell <laughs> yeah, my uncle I, I did something. <laughs> <laughs> Drusilla is not pleased about Dalton losing her present. He apologizes and starts to tell them about the horrible Buffy and her horrible stealing of Drew's presents, but Drew stops him with a finger over his lips and takes off his glasses. Oh, Dalton, you should run. To paraphrase Giles, it's running time, really. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) She stomps on his glasses, grinding them with her foot and clearly enjoying that very much. She tells him to make a wish. He doesn't really know what she's talking about, and she grabs him by the back of the neck and aims her fingernails at his eyes, saying it's time to blow out the candles. Spike looks rather bored, and he suggests (laughs) that Drew give Dalton a chance to find her present, uh, since Dalton is the only one they have with half a brain, though he is a wanker. (laughs) (laughs) One more chance, and if Dalton screws that up, she can do whatever she wants. Dalton is convinced, at least, uh, that's for sure. He begs for another chance, and after a few wonderful little crazy fake-outs, Drew lets him go kudos for not peeing yourself dalton i certainly would have uh drew puts his stomped glasses back on his face agrees and pats him on the head (laughs) telling him to hurry back she snuggles up with a very amused spike (laughs) we we, we don't normally point stuff like this out but we're pretty sure she actually cracked up james yeah watch marsters in the background because he's he's watching and he just like I think the head pat was a total ad lib. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's this little bald head pat, pat, pat. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. Uh, yeah, it works for either Spike or Marsters. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like he just couldn't control yeah, it himself. Does. Uh, at the docks, and yes, yes, we know, and we're not mentioning it. Check out our website for the rules if you're wondering why we aren't. <clears throat> Buffy there and Angel. Are, yes, there are docks. Look there at those docks. docks. They're yep. docky. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Angel and Buffy are holding hands and they are all sad. He promises he'll be back and she's not enjoying the uncertainty about when or whether he'll be back at all. He gives her the birthday present he got for her, a clotter ring, and explains that it was important to his people. And the phrasing on that is so cool because and Uncle Enyo's also referred to Jenny's people. So we're dealing with old customs here for love, in his case, and for vengeance, in hers. Um, this was very something that was very important to his human self, Liam, before he was turned and did all the horrible things that would eventually bring him into the orbit of the Calderash clan. So uh, we're weaving those together delightfully. Mm-hmm. We are. And he's been wearing this ring the whole time. He sure has. But he was wearing it the other way. Is this the first time he turns it? Uh, I don't... I, I've been trying to track it, but mm-hmm. they just move his hands so much and stuff. Yeah. Like, I bet he turned it a while ago. And has just been waiting for the right moment to give her hers. I would think so, too. Um, but yeah, so the Clawdaw ring, they're actually family heirlooms. 
and they're passed down, uh, usually mother to daughter or grandmother to granddaughter. Um, but also, you know, father to son. Well, he and, he killed his entire village, so yeah, I'm sure there are lots of them lying around probably, he could just yeah. grab. <laughs> he probably has a whole box. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Darla had one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so yeah, clados are are really important to the Irish people, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of cool that they went ahead and wove that in. And all of you oh, posers, yeah. whatever you pose. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you, and, and if you like the symbolism of the Clado ring, oh, go for that's it. That's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're typically passed on, so he's probably wearing his family ring. He's probably been yeah. carrying this around he, his whole honestly, he, he probably took his, his dad's and his mom's probably yeah. yeah um but yeah they are it's really cool and a, a kind of on an interesting note um one of the the largest probably collections of claude rings ever found was at the site of 9-11 because wow. of how many irish people went into service uh as as policemen and, and uh, firefighters and firefighters in ireland so wow that's like a family tradition for a lot of Irish families who went there because that was the only jobs they could get. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a interesting, very sad, interesting, but poignant. Yeah. Very, yeah. very sad. Very, very. I mean, I'm, and I'm really glad they were able to recover those for yeah. their families. There's probably a fair number that are still left. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's, I mean, and Angel points out as we've talked about um, that the idea behind a clatter ring, uh, of course, is that you wear it with the heart pointed toward you. If you belong to somebody as Angel explains it. And this is, I will point out, not an appropriate gift unless you really are devoted to someone. It is absolutely not an appropriate gift if you haven't been on a date with someone yet. Yes, it's not <laughs> about friendship. Scott Hope. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he shows her that he already has the heart on his clutter ring pointed towards himself, and he is indeed taken. Uh, Buffy kisses the ring rather sweetly, and uh, they put on her ring. Uh, she asks him not to go, but he has to. They kiss, and he almost says what I'm pretty sure was going to be Buffy, I love you. But then they're jumped on by two vampires, as will happen. <laughs> two grunge vampires. Yes. yes. from Seattle. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I'm guessing they were pretending to be dock workers with yeah, that outfit. I think so, yeah. But yeah, they they look like they're all about, you know. They smell like team spirit, team spirit in a big way. So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while they're fighting, one vampire each, uh, Dalton scampers in and grabs the box. Angel tackles him, but Buffy's vamp throws her into the water, and Angel jumps in to save her. Buffy clouds Angel's judgment too, so at least they're even. <laughs> and I think this is where we heavily enter that dream space of someone trying to work something out. Yeah. If Angelus is in there, he doesn't want the judge to be mm-hmm. sit, remaining in pieces. He wants right. the he judge wants to the be judge put together. Yes. Yeah, because he wants somebody to separate, say, his humanity uh-huh. from his demon self. <laughs> uh, yeah, if Angelus is in there, he's working hard on this. So and it would make sense. Oh, you need to save Buffy now. Mm-hmm. Save Buffy. Even yeah. though she's just in the water. I know. She has knocked out once he gets to the water. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. That's true. She could be, I mean, by the time he gets in the water, she could be climbing up the dam. I justify myself with PTSD there. Like, I think he's like, oh, she's wearing white and she's in water. She must be in danger. Whenever Buffy's in the water, she dies. I can't give her mouth to mouth. I've got to get her out now. I'll have to get Jenny from the car to give her CPR and I can't do that. I don't have time. Where the fuck is Jenny? Seriously. She's in the car. She's She's chilling in the car. She could run over. But there's not a lot with the helping of, of fighting in this episode. Yeah, but Jenny's yeah. supposed to be a bystander. That's true. She's, yeah. she's just, Jenny's in the car like, please just get on the fucking boat, Angel. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. If you get on the fucking boat, I can tell my uncle I did my job and he'll go back and <laughs> oh, leave me alone true. with a vengeance, vengeance, vengeance talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
stop lecturing me about this shit. Just get on the fucking boat. Oh, that's and she's probably true. watching from the car. She's like, oh, cr- fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back and oh, vampires. God damn it. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, uh, but I, I think, you know, usually like jumping in the ocean or jumping into a body of water symbolizes some kind of dream state or entering an altered state of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like putting a blue filter over something automatically makes it a flashback or a dream. Just ta-da, it's right there. There you so, go. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking the theory. I like the theory, too. Yeah. <laughs> in the library, Giles is worried that uh, that Buffy and Jenny aren't back yet. Willow thinks that Buffy just needed some time to pull herself together. And Xander shares a fantasy that he has um that will uh come back to haunt him mm-hmm. yeah he says that in his fantasy buffy works at denny's and angel sits at home watching tv from what we see much later this seems to be a reflection of xander's home life that he uh, himself is secretly afraid he'll repeat uh in this in this in the part of his fantasy he's not projecting though he has a private jet uh, <laughs> <laughs> Buffy comes in, her clouded judgment, rather excited about the bad guy stealing something that could destroy the world because it means Angel can stay in town. Yay. Great. <sighs> oh, she tells them what happened and says that Jenny took Angel in search of clothes while she rather wisely keeps another set of, uh, of them at school. Good for you, Buffy. <laughs> you in those giraffe pants. Who <laughs> yeah. those pants. She did not have That's a her. bra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Because you, if you think you're going to have to change clothes, you don't maybe anticipate the bra. Actually being in the water. She's like, yeah. she's like trying to take the wet bra off. She's like, ah, oh, God, I hate this. Whatever, yeah. fine. I mean, I'd probably leave my bra off too. So. I'd probably put it back on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just, just depends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's around everybody that she just hangs around. It's not like if, if I was going back to school and there were going to be people I didn't know very well around, I'd probably put on <laughs> the bra. But, you know. She's probably I, wishing she had some sweats. <laughs> <laughs> why don't I have sweats in my locker? Yeah, God why damn it! Go get some of those Sunnydale sweats. <laughs> yeah, she should. Oh, why, yeah, why shouldn't she? Because should do they're that. red and she's not in danger. Yet. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to apply the rule of Xander the Heart here. Uh, Xander is immediately suspicious about why they needed clothes. We could call this jealous Xander, and on the face of it, you know, on the character level, that's absolutely who this is. But. This also seems like the slayer half of Buffy's heart, the one that picked up on Ford being a bad dude, has also picked up on some danger involved with Buffy and Angel sleeping together. It is kind of freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Well, and the way she talks back, too. She doesn't say, oh, we've, I got thrown in the ocean and Angel jumped in after mm-hmm. me. He's like, why did she need to change clothes? We got wet. Right. And it's very, like, that's actually where we kind of had to rewind yeah. <laughs> and start to reinvestigate the water theory. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it is so blatant. It's so fourth wall. Right. Um, unless she's just saying, no, we got wet. Right. Like it's a fact uh, to some part of her she needs to justify herself to. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So uh, Giles hasn't found much good news while researching the judge. He can uh, burn the humanity out of a person by touching them, and only a true creature of evil can survive the process. That'll be important later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, howdy. (laughs) Uh, Xander volunteers Cordy, and even Willow gives him a look like, enough. (laughs) Buffy asks if the judge can be stopped without a big, huge army, and Giles quotes that no weapon forged can kill him. Giles is hoping... They can stop Drew from assembling him, and Buffy wants to figure out his weak spots and where he's being kept. Uh, Willow says they need to start a round robin, uh, in which everyone calls everyone else's parents and lies about how uh, they're staying at someone else's house. And our parents were really cool. 
And uh, when we were growing up, uh, we could literally, and I am not joking, have called them and said, hey, I'm staying overnight at school to help Buffy research a humanity-frying demon. <laughs> okay, I'll tell Giles you guys will pay him back for pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, pretty much. Yeah, what our parents cared about was knowing where we were, and the rule that was that we weren't allowed to lie about it. So we didn't. I mean, Yeah, we didn't. And we also never really uh, took advantage of that. <laughs> no, well, that's a good, it was a good deal, man. It was a I good mean, deal. I mean, our parents probably would have showed up at school with snacks and drinks and a bunch of information they found on the judge. <laughs> Helping yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned this to mom and she reminded me of her two rules. One, I always have to know where you are. And two, I always have to know where you are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they were good rules because it was ridiculous to break them. And you always had to be somewhere you could tell your parents about. Uh-huh. It was brilliant. Well, and, and even then, like I probably could have called them up and been like, hey, I'm at a party and there's drinking and drugs and I'm a little stone. Can I come home? Oh, yeah. And they would have been like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll right. just come get you. No yeah. problem. Do you have the munchies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Should I stop at seven on the way over? Uh huh. Yeah. Because yeah. they just wanted their their things work. We need to make sure that you are safe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if if we had ended up somewhere they didn't approve of, they would have talked about, to us about it later. But there were Which there they, was no punishment. Did yeah. When I did. And in a subtle yeah. kind of parenty way. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I got grounded once, and it's because I asked. You got grounded once because I asked. I said I don't want to go to this thing that I have oh. to go to. <laughs> Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, holy shit. No, it was, there was something, there was like a friend's party or something like that. And I just didn't want to go to it, but I couldn't figure out a way out of it because it was one of those awkward situations where like, I didn't, you know, I'm not good at lying. I'm about as good as Buffy. Uh, (laughs) Asbestos. Yeah. So it was one of those, I don't, I don't really know how to lie my way out of this, but I had done something that was kind of groundish worthy, maybe to somebody else's parents recently. And Mm -hmm. so they were like, fine, you're grounded for exactly how long is the party? Four hours? Okay. You're grounded. Thanks. Yeah. I want you to watch much MTV. (laughs) We'll get a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that was about it. Yeah. Because yeah, I I got grounded because I asked, but we just never took them up on it. Like seriously, even the drug thing, like, because when there's no rebellion, the fun is gone, right. man. There's no fun when there's no rebellion. Exactly. It was just maybe exactly. it's just us because we're good kids, but there was just like no fun. No, and well, and our our parents gave us very honest talks about drugs. Like mom yeah. said, you might end up paranoid in a bathtub for hours, and you know, I didn't. And smoke. I did. Yeah, and yes. I, I I didn't smoke pot till I was in my mid thirties. Yeah, the, the one time I I kind of like I don't want to say I second handed it, but that's about how it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paranoid. Curled up on a couch. Yeah. Yep. Tried so. to drive home at five miles an hour. Ended up calling mom. She drove me home. <laughs> uh, it was yeah. many, many years ago. So, either way, your parent. That's a pretty good. That was a pretty good yeah. way to parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, <laughs> in addition, Way better than Joyce. Yeah. No shit. Right. That. Yes. They okay. The parents also would have got Joyce back on track <laughs> if yeah. we'd been friends with Buffy. <laughs> they would have. Yes, mom would have taken Joyce out for coffee <laughs> and laid the smack down. <laughs> you have a really good kid. She's a vampire slayer. Just fucking lighten up. <laughs> she needs to come out of the closet, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Is Faith her girlfriend? She's really cute. <laughs> uh, anywho, in addition to the insight we got on Xander's home life via his projection fantasy, we also find out that his mom doesn't know what he sounds like on the phone. He probably didn't need to waste time on the round robin. No, that just hurts. Yeah, that's ouch. That is one of the more telling, especially after seeing him be kind of a dick through this episode mm-hmm. and have that happen, it kind of snaps you back to like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Sorry. But 
Yeah. He'll be back to being a dick in a second again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at 2 a.m. It's late. Oh, and underneath the sign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or underneath the, the clock, because we paused it right here. Uh, there is a sign that says, got mulch? Hyperion Nursery. <laughs> so somebody's all about the Hyperion yeah, so in the Buffy and Angel verse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at 2 a.m., Xander's research is doubling back on itself, and Willow is mooning about Oz. Xander has the nerve to get snippy, and considering the way he's acted when he's had a girl he's interested in, he should probably be quiet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Willow taunts him about not having a date to the party, and uh, I'd, I'd say that that was over the line, but she absolutely has a right to get him back yeah. for his behavior and, with and Buffy and not on Potter. no, I guess I didn't. Yeah, when oh. he's... I know, it's and it's it's sad, but that's why you don't treat your best friend like shit when you have a girlfriend well there's that also buffy didn't really have a date to her party either now did she not in the long run <laughs> not anymore no <laughs> little doubling up there yep works both ways <laughs> it sure does <sighs> giles calls angel over and they both notice that buffy has crashed out on the desk and they're both really cute about how cute Aww. they think buffy is Ew. the dad and the boyfriend <laughs> Uh, Angel says that Buffy hasn't been sleeping well, and everyone assumes that he's been in the bed with her. <laughs> Even Jenny Calendar, Jenny Calendar turns all the way around to look at him in a it's total like the record. Scratch. Oh, it is a total record scratch moment. <laughs> and he clarifies that she told him, and everybody goes back to what they were doing. But this is like we're actually seeing Angel integrated into the scoop. Absolutely, for once. and how refreshing is that? Yeah, to see him act like he's integrated enough that they're giving him a hard time. Yep. They're teasing and they're him. questioning him, and they're not just saying, "Oh, well, did you hear what he said?" Right. You know, he's actually sticking around long enough for them to give him. Some <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's, he's not yeah. disappearing. Yeah, and nice. he's wearing like kind of normal clothes, like the sweater, the sweater he's wearing is really normal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he does look. His makeup's a little angelicy. He a looks little dead. A little extra dead. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like foreshadowing. It does a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. If we're going with our theory, yeah, that Angelus is starting to influence things, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. I mean, we do see that happen later in Angel. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. do see this kind of thing happening where there's something on the inside influencing external actions. Absolutely. So it wouldn't be too outside of the uh, Buffyverse roles. Well, and, and we know for sure that um, that Angelus can come out when there hasn't been a moment of happiness and he's not actually out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, uh, so Xander scoffs and shakes his head and all pissy, and I think this is more Buffy's heart is getting more and more nervous about the situation. Yeah. Also jealous Xander, but, uh-huh. you know. Uh, Buffy is having another dream. She's at Drusilla's party in a white dress. It's actually a pretty good dress, I have to say. Yeah, it, looks it looks great on her. Uh, it looks very similar to something else we've seen on Drusilla. Yes. Yes. And something we will see in just a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jenny Calendar walks by but doesn't look at Buffy. Uh, Buffy finds the boxes that contain parts of the judge, and Drusilla says, now, now. Buffy turns to see Drew wearing the same dress, standing behind Angel, and Drew warns her, hands off my presence. She whips out one of those curved knives like Absalom had uh, when, in, when she was bad, and Buffy had, herself was sharpening in What's My Line, and goes to cut Angel's throat. Uh, Buffy wakes, calling for Angel. So... Dream Drew isn't in black anymore. Uh, we've called out Drew's identity as Buffy's vampire shadow self before, and in this mirror... Okay, it's saying that the threat to Angel isn't Drusilla. It's Buffy. Uh, yeah. We know this because of the costume change. Uh, Drusilla has been wearing red and black since the ritual, and she's been wearing black in Buffy's dreams as well. So when she shows up wearing exactly what Buffy is wearing, she doesn't represent herself anymore. She represents Buffy. 
back in the library. <laughs> <laughs> Angel reassures Buffy that he's there. <laughs> yes. And it's very sweet. It is cute. Yeah, I it mean, is cute. It, but she's a little damselly, waking up crying for a Angel. Little, a little bit. A little bit. Little, yeah, this yeah. is complicit damseling now. Absolutely. We've they got, make they make each other weaker. Yes. Just by the nature of their relationship, the sun and moon, they make each other dimmer. Yeah, yeah. When, when <laughs> yeah. they get in full contact with each other or something, things go a little dark. The little, yeah, a little, yeah. This little dim. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, showing us again what the dream represented, we get a close-up on Buffy's eyes as they transition to Drusilla's eyes. Beautiful shot. Isn't that great? And good catch on I mean, it's that subliminal stuff they just pepper throughout all these episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drew gets her party kicking by clapping her hands authoritatively and demanding more music. And this song is fantastic. Look it up. It's called Transylvanian Concubine, and it was written for Drusilla. Even if it wasn't, it was written. It's awesome. It's a great song. It is so good. It's good. It's so wonderfully gothy, isn't it? It is, yeah. And the way she dances, I'm just taken right back to the club in the 90s Uh with the, yeah. Yeah, she she's perfect. She mingles wearing a lovely red silk number and dancing. Dalton, back in her good graces for recovering the judge's arm, is dishing up beverages to the guests from a punch bowl full of blood. <laughs> I just love the punch bowl. Of blood. I know. I love. Well, it's it's great because it's food and drink at the same time. It's true. They don't even need to order little cakes and stuff. I, know, right. I can just imagine like some little hors d'oeuvres with eyeballs. You know? <laughs> that would be awesome. Like the leeches. With- the leeches. Yes, that Drusilla loves with like it, with the pimento on top, <laughs> yes, and then the toothpick. little like decorative toothpick into the the with cheese the and cracker. Flew in the end, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that's not tasty. <laughs> it seems like they'd love blood pudding too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet vampires can put that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some nice big black sausage, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good God. It's just like chorizo. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried it. It's probably delicious. It's good. It's like chorizo. It's like Scottish chorizo. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they just use blood. You just put some it. sriracha on there. Yeah, it's, good. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like when you cook the blood, it coagulates and just kind of cooks down and, and turns hard like any other kind of part of an animal. It's, it's not helping as much. Sorry. Someday I'll try it. Yeah, it's good. Someday oh. I'll try that. Someday I'll try haggis, I promise. Uh, Spike wheels up, excited to give Drew the last of her of her gifts. Uh, some minions set up what is obviously the judge's head on, on top of the other assembled parts, and the whole thing lights up with electricity everywhere and opens, revealing the judge. Drusilla is delighted. She tells Spike that the judge is perfect and just what she wanted. As the judge stumbles forward, Drew observes that he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> the judge, though, moves towards Drew, and Spike wheels in front of her. The judge says that they both stink of humanity. Well, and yeah, jealousy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's that's why we like him so much. I know. He says they share affection and jealousy, and seems like he picked up some on, up on some stuff already, doesn't it? <laughs> I love the jealousy because it's mm-hmm. it plays out so much in the next while. It does, and awesomely, ah. Spike says, "Yeah, what of it?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Spike. Drew isn't the least bit intimidated either. Spike taps the judge on the chest, telling him to settle the fuck down because they're the ones who put Humpty Dumpty back out together again. And Drew looks right at home with the big scary demon <laughs> and asks if the judge would like a party favor and indicates her guests. <laughs> Uh, the judge says that Dalton is full of feeling and he reads. They grab Dalton and Spike asks what's with all the close range zapping. The judge would, should be able to do this from a distance. And the judge explains that he's still charging his battery. So for now, he has to touch for the zapping to happen. He touches Dalton and Spike and Drew are 
beyond tickled as Dalton <laughs> is consumed by fire. Drusilla <laughs> wants the judge to do it again, and the judge looks like Dalton was very tasty. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe Drew never quite got past the whole Dalton thing. Oh, no. Yeah, no. I think that's no. right. But mm. I do like his reaction. She's like, would you like a party favor? Mm-hmm. And then he turns and looks at them, and Dalton like looks around and looks behind him. Yep. <laughs> like, maybe there's someone behind him, and realizes there isn't, and tries to run. Yes. <laughs> Which I told him he should have run a long time ago. Yes, because he reads. He should know better. Yes, he should. And I mean, he should have run when it was just Spike in the wheelchair and Drew, who's not so much into running after him. That's yeah. when you run. <laughs> it's way too late to yeah, run. Yeah, I'll go get your arm and then just keep going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he had a chance to get away. You know, it's whatever, Dalton. Yeah, they're uh, not smart. Yeah, they're not smart. No. They do not learn. Uh, in the library, Buffy is getting her stuff and Giles wonders what's going on. Angel tells him that Buffy had another dream and Buffy says she knows where Spike and Drew are now. Giles says that though this is great great news at all, they need a plan. Buffy says that her plan is to take Angel and do a recon at the factory while the rest of them figure out uh, where the boxes are coming into town. Giles admires this plan and it would be pretty good if the judge weren't already put back together. Yeah. Obviously, there wasn't any way for Buffy to know that. She only saw four judge boxes in the dream, I think it was, and may have assumed that's all they had. I find it interesting, though, that nobody in the group asks, what if they've got the judge all put together by now? Normally, someone would ask, uh, usually either Willow or Xander. Um, is this a sign that Buffy's heart, mind, and spirit are having their judgment clouded as well? Do you think, I think by it Angel? is, yeah. Well, and Angel would normally ask the question, too. As somebody in that yeah, room would. he's usually, like, recon guy. He's yeah. He's, like, worst-case scenario guy. He probably would have, like, snuck off to see, you know, he totally would know where they are. Right? <laughs> right. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it seems like he would, anyway. So, it, you know, why didn't he over there, yeah. you know? It, everybody's like, acting a little strange. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, I mean, and Angel, and this is kind of feeding into our theory, Yeah, that Angelus is in there doing something because yeah angel would totally say what are we going to do if the judge is already assembled yes, but angelus would say yeah let's yeah, go investigate yeah let's go investigate Absolutely. that so let's go let's go hang out with my old friends and see if we can do some havoc yes. there well, <laughs> and see if i can tell them what's going on somehow <laughs> yeah. well and also i think buffy um <laughs> buffy's judgment is clearly off because normally what? she would also not take angel right if one of them was taken they would have to be held hostage to get the other one, ergo buying more time for them to be rescued. For right. both of them to go, it's exactly the way it goes down. <laughs> right, exactly. Where they both just get caught. Right. What happened to one girl in all the world, Buffy? Yeah, what right? happened to that? No, she's being selfish. She wants Angel near her because he tried to leave. She's got her oppositional defiant right. in full bloom mm-hmm. where she's saying, no, no, no. You think this is the right thing to do. I'm going to do the opposite. Right. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, and they're yeah. also just, you know, in the... They're doing the opposite color thing like they've been doing all episodes. Yeah. So they have to bounce each other out. Normally, um, Angel's able to hold both the dark and the light. He's not doing that right now, probably because of the shadow self thing we talked about before. Right. Everything's out of balance. And, it's and a Cordy's rest- off. Cordy's yeah. not with the group It's right true. Now. Cordy's gone. Yeah. So we also don't have Buffy's shadow self to hold all of her. Yeah, we all don't she have- has is her vampire shadow self. We don't have our Greek chorus. Because Cordy, 100%, would have been like, what if the judge is already assembled, totally. bitches? And Oz is also not there. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we're just, we're incomplete. Yeah, and it, recipe for disaster. Yes. <laughs> yeah. At the factory of evil, Buffy and... <laughs> <laughs> Buffy and Angel have succeeded in crashing Drew's super fun party. 
Buffy tells Angel that the party is the same one it was in her dream. They see that the, the judge and know that he's totally assembled, but can't seem to bat away the clouds from their own judgment <laughs> enough to uh, <laughs> totally fucking run. You guys, seriously, run. As they watch, the judge is following behind Spike, but is unnerved by something. Spike asks what the problem is, and the judge seems to have gotten a whiff of Buffy and Angel's humanity. He discovers where they are by following Drusilla's gauge, because Drew already knows where they are. Right yeah. after Drew spots them, you can see Spike finding them, too. <laughs> but yeah, Drew, I think Drew sees them immediately. Oh, she knew they were coming. Yeah. I got a couple of screen grabs and made a little gift kind of thing. Yay. So. Yeah, it's watch for that. It's uh, cool that I mean the judge is he, he's he's looking around. He's like, what the hell? And he knows if he looks at Drew, Drew is going to know what's going on. So oh, yeah. she's already kind of his leader in this whole thing, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but <laughs> demons, you know, they have several traits that I find really interesting. Mm -hmm. One is that they're dumb and they don't learn, they don't <laughs> yeah. grow. The other one is that they're always looking for an alpha, even if they're yeah. trying to be alpha. If an alpha comes along, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you know. So this big blue demon um, is like. Drew's alpha. Yeah, he's identified Drew as the alpha. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and way, way, way too late, Buffy and Angel decide to run. <laughs> <laughs> but there are vamps everywhere, and they're captured and presented to Spike, Drew, and the judge. Drew says, I only dreamed you'd come. Ooh. Yeah. How interesting just, is that? So these I, were perhaps shared dreams. Yeah. Oh, I think mm -hmm. they're totally shared dreams. And she's looking yeah. at Angel when she says it. She sure, she's, she's not taunting him. Buffy. She's yep. taunting him. <laughs> <laughs> so that means... It was probably both dreams. I mean, I, I'm totally willing to, to... I totally think it was absolutely Drew with the black on. That oh, was yeah. totally Drew. But yeah. it sounds like the mirror Buffy drew was also Drusilla feeding in there because that was the dream where she killed Angel at the party. Yeah, I agree. Instead I of at the bronze. I sleep gets Slayer dreams. I think she's potential. That would have been I'm so just, cool. I'm just going to go with that forever and ever because why else would she have the prophetic <laughs> well, dreams? Nobody can ever prove you wrong. <laughs> it's true. Les Whedon wants to chime in. Just. <laughs> so uh, Drew does the growly bark. Uh, Angel's yeah. still not so much learning from his fight with Kendra about how to negotiate from a disadvantage. Demands that they let Buffy go. Now that I think about it, Angel really never does get better at diplomacy, does he? No. He's, he's really, really uh, <laughs> rather more Hulk smash than Talleyrand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he just gets better at fighting. Yeah, it pretty is. much. Cause, yeah. You, know, they, you can really, if you learn how to negotiate, you can really get a long way. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, not so much. And uh, Spike's not impressed by Angel's threats either. The judge has his eye on Buffy, and Drew knows exactly why. Chilling, isn't it? She's so full of good intention. I love that. <laughs> Angel tries to demand that they take him instead, and Spike points out that this isn't really a negotiation, since they're obviously planning to kill both of them. Seriously, Angel, you're a smart dude. Shake those clouds out of your noggin. <laughs> uh, Drew says that if Angel dies first, he doesn't get to watch the Slayer die, and that would be a waste. I have to agree with her on that one. I mean, if you got both of them. <laughs> Torture him as much as possible. Because <laughs> he did it to you. That's true, yeah. yeah. He, he made everyone you love die. So, <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as the judge extends his hand and moves, moves towards Buffy, Angel finally gives up on making demands and gets a look at the room. He spots Spike's televisions and the chain holding them up. And there we go. Much better, Angel. <laughs> Stick with your strengths. <laughs> Buffy goes for a kick and Angel tells her not to touch the judge, but she manages to kick him in the chest just fine. Whatever, Angel. 
more fighting, less talking. <laughs> and fight he does. He gets away from his vamps and uses the chain to drop a good number of TVs in front of the judge. Buffy and Angel with Buffy telling him which way to go. Thank God, because this was right on the edge of Damsel Town, if not driving down the center of it. <laughs> Jumped down into a big hole on the floor that was created when very large, heavy TVs were dumped on it. Uh, Drew commands two of her minions, her minions, mm-hmm. to go after them. As Spike has pointed out, though, they don't have the smartest minions, so Buffy and Angel are able to get away pretty easily. <laughs> they just run past that door. Yep. Don't even think about it. Nope. <laughs> they emerge through a drain in the park and run through the rain. They end up at Angel's place and... Remember way back in Angel the episode when Xander was talking about Angel employing the oldest trick in the book? We've since established that, hey, look over there is the oldest trick in the book. But as far as seduction goes, he has definitely used a few of them. Why, here's one now. (laughs) Uh, This one would be, oh, look how cold and wet you are. Let me get you some dry clothes and then you can get into my bed. (laughs) That is pretty old. I mean... That's that's kind of what Buffy did too. But you know. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> the clothes he gets for her are, of course, equal parts black and white. So Buffy has a choice coming up here, as we discussed in Lie to Me. When Buffy is herself, and when she is, as she is here, clouded judgment or not, we will expect her to make choices and not let things just happen to her. This time. Angel has made his bed, I will say. So (laughs) Buffy doesn't have a little white area to cling to. She sits right down on the dangerous red covers. Angel turns his back so she can get changed, but then she makes an ouchy sound because she's got a cut on her back. Um, Angel has a look and pulls her bra strap down so he can get a clear view of what looks like a paper cut. Um, Well, she made him take off his shirt in her kitchen, so that's fair. They have sexual tension cuddles, remembering how they were almost separated earlier that day. Buffy says that she feels like she lost him, and give that a few minutes, Buffy, you'll feel that again. Uh, he says he loves her, even though she, he tries not to. She says she feels the same way. Now here's the choice. They kiss, and he starts to turn away, saying that maybe they shouldn't, but she stops him and pulls him back into the kiss, and she's the one who pushes him down on the bed. So, this is... Absolutely. The last moment of happiness these two will have together that they both remember. Yes. And my cold black heart does some kind of sighing thing, and I agree with it. <laughs> There's quite a lot of eye rolling going on here, gentle <laughs> listeners. It's true. Re- reluctantly, I am. Going, roll, yes, roll. I am a very reluctant human with feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of buy into it. I mean, it's no. I, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, it's uh-huh. really sad to to think no, about it that. It really is, and it's beautifully acted by both. Of it them. is. It is. Um, and I love yeah. that they made it so that it's Buffy's choice at the very mm-hmm. last. Yeah, that he did. Is. He did want to stop, even though he employed one of the oldest tricks in the seduction book. Yeah. he really was <laughs> willing to it pull was back. Probably an accidental. Well, like the too, other ones like, were. I mean, just yeah. <laughs> just on paper, it looks bad. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I mean, that is the logical thing to do. Right. Which is like, oh, you're shivering. You're cold. Have some dry clothes and get under the covers. Right. And he doesn't have a fireplace or anything like that. Right. But, uh, you know. He does have, though, a shower with a door. So he could have been like, why don't you go have a warm shower <laughs> and, uh, and lock the door? Well, there's that. <laughs> you know? so, it, so I don't think it was his intention. I don't think any of this was his intention, but it looks mm-hmm. so bad on paper. But it certainly <laughs> could have been Angelus's intention. Absolutely. And here's... that's another reason why her choice is important. Yes, that is very important. Yeah. Well, and here's something I. We always get hung up on with the curse, right? It's a moment of true happiness or pure Mm -hmm. happiness or whatever now 
we tend to associate that with sex in the show because that's when it happens. Well, sex with Buffy. Buffy, right? Yes, but this moment of pure happiness could have just been when he finally says, "I love you," because it takes that's him a it started. long time to get it out. Right? Yeah, and it's like it could have that could have even been it there. That doesn't it, we don't it know that been her when having sex with him did it, it. It could have been when he wanted to stop and she didn't, mm-hmm. and that that acceptance might have been it. Yeah, it, yeah because I mean, it's, now vampires are all about inviting in an acceptance too. Right. Absolutely. So this is it's a big thing in vampire lore and vampire culture mm-hmm. that they are accepted and invited. Right. Absolutely. You know, so him pressuring her wouldn't have had the same effect. Right. So. Yeah. so yeah, it could have been, I mean, yeah, everybody talks about it being the sex, the sex, the sex. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's something about intimacy on some level with Buffy. Yeah. Well, in sex with Buffy, it's it's hard to believe it would have been like the perfect sex because she was a virgin. Yeah. It's the first time. The yeah. first time with any two people well, is not going to be. He hasn't done it for a long yeah, time Yeah, he's out either. of practice. I mean, this is just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, even two people who are good at it are going to have an interesting time the first time right. together. The, fir- the first time is always a yeah. little weird. <laughs> It's yeah. a little, it's a little off. Yeah. You know, it gets way better. And the first time can be great, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be as good as the other times. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're still figuring out whatever, where everything is for that particular person. <laughs> and she hasn't even had the sex talk. Right. mom. Right. So I just, and maybe it's me being asexual, wanting the story to go be a little different. Um, but I like to think that the moment of pure, perfect happiness comes from his connection with Buffy and not right. necessarily the fact no. that they have sex. Yeah. No, I, 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 I absolutely believe that too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a... Uh, because it would, it's kind of, it's too, it's not poetic enough, if to use Giles' word, uh, that it was just the sex with Buffy. Mm-hmm. It was something about that level of intimacy, whether it was before, during, or after. It could have been the snuggling afterwards. It could have been any number of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that the sex was so great that he lost his soul. No, that's silly. It's <laughs> something about she's... this intimate act with her, with yeah. the person that he loves the most. Well, and I've got a little bit, you know, coming up too, but I think it's also that she is so vulnerable to him. Yeah. Not necessarily damseled, but Buffy's, vulnerable. No, Buffy's it's... not a vulnerable character. Right. And she, she doesn't open up. She And he is vulnerable to her from day one. Right. Um, completely, which he isn't with any other character. Right, and and it's important to make that distinction between when she is weakened by him and mm-hmm. her judgment is clouded by him and her feelings for him. And not by him, I don't mean he is intentionally right. doing this, yeah, but yeah. by his her feelings for him. Uh, and she weakens herself and she is weakened by it. That's very different from actually being vulnerable to him. Yeah, well, it's, and we also, it, we could even take it a step back and say it's not even about the sex or this connection. It could be the whole day. Mm-hmm. Because when we do this to him in dream state, mm-hmm. in Angel, it's a whole day. It's a culmination he of a whole to, day. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. He has to win against the bad guy and be accepted by his son and be accepted by right. the group and invited in. And we actually see that in this episode. Yes. Where he is invited into the group and he has an epic win and he's part of the party planning. Absolutely. And then he's accepted by the girl who loves him. Yep. Absolutely. So, and for somebody who's an outcast all the time, that's more of a recipe than we are just saying, oh, it's when they finally got groiny with each other. Exactly. Which is, even though that's the punchline, that's not what we're doing. Right. And and people later on don't understand what happened. And he's not very forthcoming. I mean, yeah. on, honestly, he even though it's it would be really hard for him to talk about it, he really should tell them what he felt so that he can identify when that's happening again. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you know, <laughs> that would be an important pe- thing for people around him to know. So they weren't just worried about him having sex, mm-hmm. but were worried about the real happiness that might happen. Yeah. The real, ha- where he is being teased by the Scoobies. Right. You know, where he does get to feel like, you know, Buffy always talks about, I just want to be a normal girl. I just want to be a real girl. I right. just want to be, you know, like having this moment. Well, Angel doesn't talk about it, but I'm pretty sure after many years of being a vampire and now he's a non-vampire 
vampire yeah. who's not human, but he wants to be human. Like being able to feel like one of the guys. Well, and having has having to be nice. Having Buffy's watcher and surrogate dad call him over so they can both comment on how cute Buffy is when she's passed out on the desk. Yeah. That kind of acceptance. Exactly. Dude has been alone for a long time. Mm-hmm. With no father figure. Right. Because yeah, he cause, killed his. Yeah. As he will point out soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's the whole day. I don't want to yeah. say it's this one moment. I think this moment is where it's kind of sealed. Yeah. Um, but well, I think it's the whole day. I, I think, think that's absolutely confirmed on Angel because yeah. when they were simulating that experience, of course... Um, the guy who was simulating that experience would go back and look through his memories and see how it happened the first oh, time. That's a really good point. I mean, because yeah. when when they restore his soul, they look at what happened the first time mm-hmm. uh, when he was cursed. And so to take it away, he would look at what happened the first time it was taken away. Yeah. So that's how we get the simulation of the entire day. And so I think that absolutely confirms your theory mm-hmm. because that's it has to be the whole day. I like it. It has to be the yeah. entire experience. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's just one moment in time. It's pretty easy to pass that off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when, you're, when you've had sex with Darla. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> She's got to she be. she points out. Uh, I used to do angel. this professionally. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. And they do have perfect sex. I think that they did in Angel. And absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Perfect despair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Cool. So, All right. Yeah. So. Uh, Lay that so, one to bed. So uh, later. There is sleep when Angel sits up with a gasp outside in the rain. He screams and he screams for Buffy. And, you know, to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we're at 100 minutes. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, hurry on to the next one, shall we? Yeah, let's go scurry off and watch that. <laughs> uh, we'll let you guys take a minute, grab some yep. food. And we're not going to do our normal tagline because we are not done. No. <laughs> so uh, so this will be a separate episode mm-hmm. uh, just to give everybody a little breather. Uh, yeah. but yeah, we'll be back with you. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Don't peace out. Don't peace out. Stay around. Yeah. All members not- are st- all members are still exceptional, but just stay with us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not seen. <laughs> <laughs>